Welcome, welcome. This is Pastor Brian from Chapel of Change, and uh, it is a pleasure, it is a blessing to be able to connect with you uh, online for worship, prayer, and now uh, the Word of God. I get excited to teach the Word of God. It's one of the gifts the Lord has given me, so I want to encourage you to get your Bible, get a pencil, get a paper, and get ready to learn uh, from God because I believe God wants to transform you today through his powerful word. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 13, verse 31. Luke chapter 13, verse 31. And we're going to turn back to the scripture today. We started off looking at it last week but we're going to be marinating in this passage of Scripture for a couple weeks, so I encourage you, even throughout the week, come back here. Meditate upon this word. Marinate in this word. Luke chapter 13, verse 31. The Scriptures read like this. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearing, the reading, and the obeying of his word. Do me a favor. If you're watching via YouTube, go ahead and hit subscribe. Uh, we're looking to uh, increase our viewership. And if you're watching via Facebook, go ahead and hit share uh, so that other people can get this word. I'm believing it's going to touch somebody's life in a powerful way. Well... As we look to Luke chapter 13, as you know, we have been studying on this subject of press on, press on. Someone say, press on. Type it in the comment section, press on. We are learning uh, about the various obstacles uh, that try to stop us from fulfilling our destiny in life. And at the same time, we are being inspired uh, by Jesus' example to press on. Jesus makes this radical statement in verse 33, probably one of the most radical statements he ever made. He said, I must press on. Apostle Paul, he teaches us this uh, tenacity. He teaches us this same principle in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. He says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Get this, I press on, press on. Someone say, press on. Type it in the comment section, press on. Now, why is it important to understand this? Because following Jesus is not going to come easy. You must press on. Being all that God has called you to be is not going to come easy. You must learn to press 
on. Fulfilling your God-given dreams is not going to come easy. You must learn to press on. It's not enough to coast on. You must press on. Did you catch that today? It's not enough to coast on. You must press on. On. Now, why do, we need, why do we need to press on? I'll tell you why. Because everything is against us serving the Lord. Why do we need to press on? Because nothing that is significant in life is going to come easy. Everything is against us. Culture is against us. We constantly wrestle. Should I, should I go to church or should I go to the ball game? Or should I work 50 hours this week? Or should I spend uh, more time with my family? And on top of that, our culture is always trying to kick out Jesus. Just like what they're doing in this text. They're trying to kick out Jesus and ain't nothing changed today. People are still trying to kick out Jesus. That's why we need to press on. Now we also, uh, at various times, Family members can uh, be against us. I remember hearing the story about this one brother who surrendered his life to Jesus and he got so excited he went home and told his mom, Mom, I surrendered to Jesus. And his mom replied and said, Listen, son, I'm happy you surrendered to Jesus. Just don't read your Bible too much because I don't want you to go crazy. Man, what, what an obstacle uh, that was. So, so culture is against us. Family sometimes can be against us. But how about our own flesh is against us, right? We get, we get lazy, we get distracted, we get diverted, we get off course. This is why it's even more important that we learn uh, by faith to press on. Now, Satan throws a lot at us to try to stop us. And in our study today, as we look to Jesus in Luke chapter 13, I want us to consider one thing that Satan throws at us uh, that we need to press on through. We need to press on through just one thing, okay? And that is we must press through intimidation. We must press through intimidation. I want to call your attention to verse 31. The Pharisees came to Jesus and said, get out of here. They said, Herod wants to kill you. Listen to what they said. They said, Herod wants to kill you. Now let's think about that for a second. Let's think about that threat. This was uh, King Herod Antipas uh, who threatened Jesus. And some scholars call him a, a psychopath. Some people call him a cutthroat psychopath. He beheaded Jesus's uh, cousin, John the Baptist. And if there was ever a family that was like demon possessed uh, to go after the people of God and try to kill the people of God, it was the family of Herod. Think about this for a second. Herod Antisipus's uh, father, Herod the Great, uh, tried to kill Jesus by killing all the male babies that, that was Jesus' age. You remember, right? Matthew chapter 2, verse 15 or 16. It says, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and gave the orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem. The family of Herod was against the people of God. Herod Antitopus is nephew. Herod Agrippa is the one that killed Apostle James. 
In Acts chapter 12, uh, verse 1 and 2, it says, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. So, so this threat by Herod was, was, was really the spirit of intimidation. The, Herod kind of sends this message or, or the Pharisees give this message. Hey, Herod wants to kill you. And what we see there in the text is Satan hitting Jesus with the spirit of intimidation. Herod wants to kill you. Now, if you do anything for God, you will be hit with the spirit of, in, of, of intimidation. If you do anything significant in life, you will be hit with the spirit of intimidation. And so today I want us to study uh, a little bit about this intimidation, the spirit of intimidation, so that we can uh, not be surprised when it comes to hit us when we stand up to do something for God. I want us to kind of examine this uh, for our time in our study. And one of the first things I want us to understand is that the goal of the spirit of intimidation is to restrain you from action. The goal of intimidation is to hold you back. It's to restrain you from action. That's what they tried to do with Jesus here in the text. They said, hey, get out of here. Herod wants to kill you. Now listen, Satan knows that actions trigger faith and faith triggers miracles. He knows that. That's why he hits you with intimidation. That's why he tries to hold you back. That's why he tries to hold you down because he knows that actions trigger faith and faith triggers miracles. If you don't take action, you won't trigger your faith. And if you don't trigger your faith, you won't, you won't experience a breakthrough, a miracle, or you won't take action to do anything significant in life. And so Satan hits us with the spirit of intimidation to paralyze us emotionally and yea, even physically so that we won't take action with our faith and thus trigger a miracle in our life. He didn't want Jesus to continue miracles. That's why Jesus pushed back and said, no, no, no. I'm going to press on to do miracles. I'm going to continue to heal people. I'm going to continue to deliver people. And, and Satan didn't want that to continue. So he hits Jesus with the spirit of intimidation. And this has been the strategy of the devil for years. We see examples of this over and over in scripture. The giant Goliath was sent to intimidate God's people. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 11, it says, When Saul and all of Israel heard these words from Goliath, they lost their courage and were terrified. Another translation says they were deeply shaken. That spirit of intimidation shook them up. See, the devil has been using the spirit of intimidation for years against God's people. Jezebel used intimidation to try to stop the prophet Elijah. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 2, it says, So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me by this time tomorrow. Uh, 
I have not, if I have not killed you just as you killed them. What is she doing? She's trying to intimidate Elijah. She's trying to paralyze Elijah. That's what the spirit of intimidation does. It tries to paralyze us emotionally and yea, even physically. When I think about the spirit of intimidation, my brothers and sisters, I don't know if you realize this or not, but the spirit of intimidation has been released into the world today in a whole new level, on a whole new level. Just this past year, we had to press through intimidation just to get to church. We had to press through intimidation just to get to church. And I would dare say that there's people, even today, they're still at home because they're, they're held down by intimidation. There's nothing wrong with them. They're not sick. Um, they're, they're, they don't have underlining issues, but they have not come out of their home because the spirit of intimidation has paralyzed them. There were even moments uh, in this past year where we had to press through the spirit of intimidation just to go outside. Anybody ever had that experience? Just to go outside, you're like, should I go outside? Should I not go outside? I, I hope nobody sneezes on me, right? We had to press through the spirit of intimidation just to go outside. Now, intimidation strikes in three ways. Intimidation strikes in three ways. I'm pulling the covers off of Satan's strategy so you're aware of his tactics. The first way how intimidation strikes is through circumstances, circumstances. Apostle Peter walks on water until he surrenders to the spirit of intimidation. In Matthew 14, verse 30, it says, but when Peter saw the strong winds and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. He's walking on water. He's experiencing a miracle. He could have went all the way to Jesus if he wanted to, but what happened? He began to look at the circumstances around him and the spirit of intimidation rode the wave of the circumstances to sink Peter. Peter allowed the circumstances to intimidate him. That's why we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. That's why we need to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. I remember about eight years ago when we got the opportunity to purchase our Paramount campus. It has approximately two acres, uh, 18,000 square feet of a church building, and it was originally appraised at uh, about $2.3 million. And I remember standing in the middle of all this and thinking about 2.3 millions of dollars. And I was like, wow, that was intimidating. That's, that's intimidating, especially for a person who made uh, 13 cents an hour before in prison. And the circumstances, you know, were so intimidating that if I would have kept my eyes off of, on these circumstances, I wouldn't have been able to move forward. We had to learn to take our eyes off of the amount of money and take our eyes off of the circumstances and put it on Jesus and rely on his ability to meet our needs according to his riches and glory. And praise be to God, the Lord God helped us to raise $100,000 for the down payment. And by the glory of God, we purchased this million dollar building and have not been late on a mortgage yet to the glory of God. We got to learn to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to learn to walk by faith. Secondly, intimidation strikes us with words, words. How did uh, the intimidation get to Jesus? How did it get to Jesus? Well, let me call your attention back to the scripture 
In Luke chapter 13, verse 31, it says, Pharisees came to Jesus and said, get this, said to him, get out of here, Herod wants to kill you. Notice that. Look at, look at, the, look at the, the conduit by which the intimidation came. Look at the, the way the intimidation came. The Pharisees came to Jesus and said, and said, I want you to notice that, that intimidation came uh, on the wave of words. Intimidation came on the wave of words. Let me, first, let me back this up even more. You remember uh, uh, Goliath, right? You remember how Satan used intimidation through Goliath? I, I read that scripture, but let me read it again so you could see uh, the, the way that intimidation came. It says in 1 Samuel 17, 11, listen to this. When Saul and Israel heard these words... From Goliath, they lost their courage and were terrified. Get this, when they heard these words from Goliath. And let me back this up even more. Go back to Jezebel, the example I gave you. How did Jezebel get the spirit of intimidation onto Elijah? Well, it says in 1 Kings 19.2 uh, that Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. Get that message. So, so the spirit of intimidation rode the wave of the words to get to the people. Are you following along? Are you following along? See, see, spirits are like surfers. Spirits are like surfers. They, they, they find uh, and look for waves to ride. They look for waves to ride. And words, my brothers and sisters, are like waves that go from person to person and person. And you got to watch out what you say. You got to watch out what you hear because that wave can be carrying a spirit, right? That wave can be carrying a spirit. And that spirit of intimidation rides the wave until somebody crashes the wave. Sometimes you got to crash the wave. You got to crash the wave. So, so the spirit of intimidation strikes us with words. But then thirdly, the spirit of intimidation strikes us with exaggerations. Exaggerations. Uh, the enemy attacks our minds uh, with exaggerations and misperceptions. Exaggerations and misperceptions. Um, the enemy stabs our minds with the thoughts, what if that happens? What if this happens? Have you ever heard that thought before in your mind? Has that, mind, has that thought ever stabbed you before? What if that happens? What, what if this happens? And you're, you're, you're in a state of hesitation because you're thinking, what if that happens? What if this happens? And, and the enemy, right, he gets us stressed out over worst case scenarios that 99% of the time don't happen. That's what the strategy of the enemy. He uses exaggerations to get us stressed out over worst case scenarios that 99% of the time never happen. So here we are biting our nails. Here we are held down over worst case scenarios that ultimately never happen. Someone once said that worry is the down payment on a problem you may never have. See, part of Satan's strategy is for you to overestimate your problem and underestimate your power. That's the, that's the strategy of Satan, for you to overestimate your problem and underestimate your power. Now, I've learned through the years 
how to respond when the enemy hits me with those thoughts of what if this happens? What if that happens? When, when, when Satan whispers, what if that happens? Or what if this happens? I, I respond by saying, so what? So what? So what? God will still see me through. So what? God will still help me up. So what? God will still uh, be on my side. So what? When, when the enemy comes and tries to stab me in my mind with those what ifs and what if this happens and what if that happens, I, I say, so what? God is still on the throne. So what? God is still helping me out. So what if I fail? God will still help me back up. And somehow or another, that's those statements of faith give me strength. Give me strength. So, as we consider the spirit of intimidation, the strategy of Satan, what do we do? What do we do when attacked by intimidation? What do we do? Well, one, we stay committed to walk by faith and not by sight. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We, we, are, we are people of faith. We are, we, we, we are people of faith. We are to live by faith, walk by faith, talk by faith. And when circumstances uh, try to, you know, eclipse us, right, we are to look at the circumstances with this eyes of faith. In fact, we are to keep our eyes on Jesus and we are to walk by faith and not by sight. What do we do when we're hit by intimidation? We learn to turn off the voices of fear and doubt and disbelief. Turn off the voices. Remember, words are like waves and the spirit of intimidation rides the waves of words to get to you, to, to latch on to you. And we got to learn to turn off the voices of fear, doubt and disbelief and anxiety. For some of you, that means turn off the news. For some of you, that means turn off the news. You can't handle the news. And by the way, um, the news is not good for you. It's not good for you emotionally. It's not good for you uh, physically. Turn it off. Some of you need to crash the waves of intimidation. What do we do when we are uh, struck with intimidation? Well, lastly, we protect our heads from exaggerations. The Bible talks about putting on the helmet of salvation. The Bible teaches us to keep our heads uh, in the midst of trial, right? We, we put on this helmet of salvation that protects our heads from exaggeration. We don't allow the enemy to blow things up. We don't, we don't allow the enemy to exaggerate, but, but we protect our mind. We keep our head in the battle. We keep our head in the battle. As I prepare to close our study uh, this morning, I'm going to leave you with Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. And I love uh, the message translation. It says, be strong. Take courage. Don't be intimidated. Don't give in them a second thought. Don't give them a second thought because God, your God, is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. He says, he says, be strong. Take courage. Don't be intimidated. God is there with you. God is there with you. So maybe today you're being inflicted by a spirit of intimidation. Listen, God is with you. God is with you. Be strong. 
Learn to walk by faith. Learn to walk by faith. Turn off the voices of fear, doubt, and disbelief. Put on the helmet of salvation that you might keep your head in the battle. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, my brothers and sisters, I hope you learned something today. I hope this word ministered to your heart. And I want to pray. I want to pray for someone who's battling the spirit of intimidation. Maybe you've been held down. If you need that type of special prayer, lift up your hands toward the monitor and I'm going to just rebuke the spirit of intimidation that's been attacking you. And I want you to know that the Bible says you have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. The spirit of fear is not from God. It is from the devil. And if you're a born-again believer, you have the authority and the power to rebuke it. And right now, I'm going to come in agreement with you that the Lord God Almighty, by his power and shed blood, sets you free from that spirit of intimidation so that you might do the will of the Lord. Lift up your hands toward that monitor so that I can pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for all those that are lifting up their hands right now. Father, Lord, you have not given them the spirit of fear, but you have given them the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And therefore, I rebuke that spirit of fear that is attacking them. I rebuke that spirit of intimidation that is holding them down right now. They are children of the Most High God. In the name of Jesus, greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world, Father God. And I thank you that you're setting them free even now, Father God. You're setting them free to do your will. They will not be intimidated. They will not be bound, but they will walk freely in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. I pray that you were touched. I pray that you were blessed by this word. I want to invite you back next Sunday as we continue this word together. I'm not done studying Luke chapter 13. There's a lot of different uh, revelation that I want to give you. I hope you join us next Sunday. Um, at this time, we're going to transition our time together to prepare for our tithes and our offerings. We are a church that believes that we cannot outgive God. Uh, we are a church that believes in the principle of tithing where we give back to God a tenth of all that he's given to us that his house might be full and that his house might be a conduit of, of the blessings and the ministry of his power. And so if you're part of Chapel of Change or you just want to give back to God, uh, I want to encourage you to give your best gift today unto the Lord. Listen, Chapel of Change is good ground to spiritually invest in. There's no greater investment in this world than to make an eternal investment in the kingdom of God. So after we dismiss with a blessing, uh, there's several ways you can give. You can give on our webpage, chapelofchange.org. Hit the giving button, follow the simple instructions, and you can give that way. You can give by your phone on our webpage, chapelofchange.org. There's a number where you text chapel to that number and you can give on your phone. Or if you want to go old school and mail in a check, uh, you can mail in your check or your money order or whatever you want to give to the Lord to our administrative offices uh, in the city of Paramount. The address is 6701 Alondra Boulevard, Paramount, California, 90723. Or if you want to give in person, 
We have five in-person worship gatherings on the weekend. We have Saturday night, 5 p.m. in Whittier. We have Sunday at 9 a.m. in the city of Carson, 9.30 Paramount, 11.30 Paramount, uh, and 5 p.m. in the city of Carson. Check our website for updates just in case those times change in the near future. But you can come in person and, and give your offering to the Lord. By the way, I want to invite you out. If you're in good health, if you have the desire to worship the Lord in the community of believers, come out. There's nothing like worshiping the Lord together with other believers. I'm hearing testimony after testimony. People are saying, Brian, listen, I love online. I'm, I'm receiving from online, but there's nothing like worshiping the Lord in the midst of God's people. There's a power that is released when we get connected. So come on out and worship uh, with us. Now, couple special announcements to make. Uh, we're having membership seminar the first weekend of June. If you want to explore what it means to be a member, come on out and participate in that membership seminar. We're having baptisms in the next couple weeks. Sign up uh, to be baptized if you have not been water baptized. And then lastly, I want to remind you that our men's ministry is called Kingsmen. And we have a powerful men's ministry. The Lord is touching lots of men at Chapel of Change. In fact, this week we are starting small groups that are going to go over the subject, Every Man's Battle. Every Man's Battle is a terrific book that deals with overcoming the spirit of lust. And listen, if you're a man out there, you don't need to be fighting the devil in isolation. Come on out. Get connected. Let's study together. Listen, we have groups on Zoom or in person. In fact, go to our webpage for all the details, but I'll tell you right now, we have groups on Mondays, Tuesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, uh, on Zoom or in person. Kingsmen in full effect. So it is our tradition to close with a blessing. If you're able, I want to encourage you to stand to your feet. Lift up your hands unto the Lord and we'll dismiss with a blessing. Don't ever disconnect without getting your blessing from the Lord. Let's lift up our hands in a receptive mode. In the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love. In the name of the Son who died that you could live. In the name of the Holy Spirit who empowers you to fight against the spirit of intimidation. May you go this week with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. This is Pastor Brian. Hope to worship with you soon. We love you.